Things are intense times. They are getting more intense. The government shutdown entering its 25th day, and we have the members of the left, of course, who are going back and forth on just how difficult it is for federal workers. We all know that from the folks who are not getting paid. Senator Ron Johnson has a bill that would take care of that while simultaneously doing what many Americans want, and that is to make sure that the border is secure, that there is a border between the uh, southern uh, United States and uh, Mexico. And Senator Ron Johnson joins us uh, straight from the swamp on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Good morning, sir. How are you? Great, Matt. How about yourself? Uh, I'm surviving. I think that's the question I'd ask you. Are you surviving the maelstrom that is Washington, D.C. today? Well, my, my frustration will just continues to build, but um, it, it's a really good example of why you really don't want to grow the federal government. You know, why, mm. why anybody would want to outsource their problem solving or the compassion of the federal government is beyond me, and this is Exhibit A, uh, trying to dissuade Americans to stop uh, putting your faith in the federal government. It's, it's a really bad place to uh, do that. Indeed. You uh, uh, were on Fox News' uh, Neil Cavuto's uh, show last night discussing border security and your Shutdown Fairness Act, a bill that would ensure essential, fe- essential federal workers are paid for their work during the partial government shutdown. Let's get a few more details from you, what you would like to accomplish with this bill. Well, it's really very simple. There, there are about you know, 800,000 federal employees affected by the shutdown. We, we did pass about 75% of the appropriation bills, and so a lot of government's up and running. But for these 800,000 people, uh, 420,000 are deemed essential. Uh, uh, they're called accepted, but I'll, I'll use the term essential. And, and they're working. Now they're working without pay. And these are people like CB, you know, Custom Border Patrol officers, mm-hmm. uh, ICE, uh, a number of people that are in, involved in emergency services or just having to do with safety of uh, human life and, and protection of property. So to me, it's only fair with the dysfunction that is the federal government. We're forcing people to work, pay them. Uh, what we should have done, and it, it drives me nuts. I mean, we passed basically by unanimous consent a bill that's going to pay everybody, whether they're working or not, once the shutdown ends. I don't know why leadership didn't put on top of that, well, let's pay the ones that are working right now. Uh, so it's a pretty simple bill. Um, I've already gotten, you know, we, we, we finished the language. Uh, and, of course, trying to work on something like this, nothing's necessarily simple. But we got the language complete over the weekend uh, for, to everybody's satisfaction. I think I already have six or seven co-sponsors. Uh, I'll make appeal an appeal at lunch today. Hopefully we can get uh, most people agreeing to do, do this because this, if this goes on, this is essential. We have to do at least this. I'm also working with the subcommittee uh, chairman of these appropriated accounts that didn't pass, and I've just asked them to, ask to have their staffs put together a bare-bones budget that not only pays essential workers but also funds essential parts of the government. I mean, I, I hate to admit it. I'm, I'm not a fan of the federal government, but we do need a federal government to do a host of things that are essential uh, rather than what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer want to do, which is you know, open all of government, uh, and, and then we'll talk. No, no, they won't. Nancy Pelosi said, yeah, open up the government, but I'm not, still not going to give you a dollar, one, for, for a border wall. Right. Uh, that's not a very good place to start any kind of negotiation. Obviously, Trump turned her down. So this may go on for a while, so, so let's, let's get this monkey off Republicans' back. Let's propose some positive solutions, pay people, uh, fund essential parts of government, and then maybe 
will put the pressure on Democrats, and they just might come to the negotiating table in, in good faith to, by the way, Matt, fund what they've supported in the past. You know, the immigration bill, uh, 2013, there's $8 billion of better barrier funding. Yep. 40 to $46 billion of border security. They, they all pay lip service to it. They all say they want to secure the border. Now it's time to stop being hypocrites, put the money where their mouth is. But they won't do it because, you know, according to them, the wrong person won in 2016, and they just won't do anything, no matter how in the best interest it is of America, to give President Trump a win. Yeah, Wisconsin. It's, it's remarkable. It is. It is indeed. Wisconsin Senior Senator Ron Johnson joins us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. I was going to ask you that question. I think you've answered it, but let's go into further detail. What changed? What's changed, uh, Senator, since uh, five, six years ago when Chuck Schumer was all on board for border security? Well, pr- President Trump got elected, but, but Bill, or, uh, Matt, l- let me also tell you, if I could take a couple minutes to really describe the problem, mm-hmm. because we don't describe it adequately. Uh, there's a lot of rhetoric. There's a lot of demagoguery. And, and by the way, people are murdered by illegal immigrants. There's no doubt about that. But it's also true that uh, in, if you look at it a certain way, that illegal immigrants, they keep their head down. So as a percentage of the population, they commit fewer crimes. But it's also true on the flip side of that in many jurisdictions it's the more heinous types of crimes, murder, rape, that type of thing. So, again, you can go back and forth all kinds of statistics, but our problem with illegal immigration has, has, has shifted over the years. Uh, you know, the, the numbers you're hearing about, you know, 1.6 million apprehens- apprehensions 10 years ago, and we're down to three or 400,000 now, like it's, so it's not a problem. It's a different problem. Back then it was, it was economic migrants, primarily from Mexico, coming to this country because the Mexican economy was not strong. NAFTA made... The Mexican economy stronger. Back then, number of apprehensions were higher because the same illegal immigrant would would sometimes breach the border four, five, six times a day and get caught. That's all an apprehension. What has happened over the years, sparked by DACA, by the way, is people have begun to realize we have some real loopholes in our system. If you're an unaccompanied child from Central America or if you come to this country as a family unit, so just bear with me here. Let me quote a couple numbers. Sure. Unaccompanied children. Prior to DACA in 2012, we had something like three to 4,000 people, unaccompanied children, come to this country illegally from Central America. DACA was announced in 2012. Two years later, in 2014, 51,000 hmm. unaccompanied children came to this country. It also sparked family people coming as family units because that same year, we went from 11,000 people coming as a family unit in 2012 to 68,000 people in 2014. So that's a total of 120,000 people in 2014 coming as either unaccompanied child or as part of a family unit. It is an enormous crisis. The Obama administration recognized it as an enormous crisis. So they started detaining family units. Mm-hmm. That was challenged in court. And this is getting to the weeds detail-wise, but a Flores agreement, which forced unaccompanied children to be released to HHS in 30 days was now applied to children that also they were accompanied by families. Another legal loophole. So the basic fact is in 2014, 120,000 people came to this country illegally and were apprehended coming as, as, a company, as an unaccompanied child or as a family unit. Last year, 145,000 people came in under those two categories. In 2012, 11,000 people came in as a family unit. Only 11,000. Last year, 107,000 people Mm. came in as part of the family unit. In the first three months of this year, 
already 75,000 people are coming in. So this actually is shown very easily in charts and graphs, and if you've got a website, we can send you these things. But that is the problem right now. It's not the economic migrant from Mexico because their economy is doing better because of NAFTA. Right. right now, it's unaccompanied children and family units exploiting huge loopholes in our law. And once they're here now, they get to stay because we can't detain them. If we, if we don't detain somebody, even people that get an order for removal, only 7% are actually removed. And we can't detain people right now. And I'll end on this note and let you ask me a question, I guess. But because we're in full catch and release again, because we can't detain families with children, we don't have the time to determine, is that the father or is that the sex trafficker? Hmm. Is that his daughter or is that his female sex victim? And what's interesting when you look at the statistics prior to the last couple of years, most family units were headed by a mother coming to this country illegally. Now it's almost a 50-50 split between a male head of the household coming to this country illegally. Yeah. Um, people are being exploited. Our laws are being exploited. Democrats have their head completely in the sand on this. I think hypocritically and cynically, this is a growing problem. It's not going away. We need to fix our broken system, but we need better barriers. They work. What the president is going to be funding is about 230 miles of, of better barriers. And where we've, in the four sectors where we built better barriers over the last 20 years, Illegal immigration has dropped 90 to 95 percent. So when you when people say, "Oh, barriers don't work," they work phenomenally well. And the type of technology Democrats want, that'll just allow us to to track, apprehend, process, and disperse. That doesn't solve the problem; it just exacerbates it. So what they say is a solution, better technology, won't work at all with our current problem. U.S. Senator Ron Johnson joins us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. I know you just have a few minutes left, but I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about that. You mentioned some pretty scary statistics here, some daunting statistics. You mentioned the word crisis, and I think it's every bit as much, and I think most people who really are looking at this situation would agree. You have members and Democratic leadership in particular who don't see it as this. They see this as a manufactured crisis. Let's get beyond that. Uh, Let me ask you this. Would you support the president a move to declare a an emergency under rules that were uh, authority that was giving the, given to the executive branch in 1976? Would you support uh, the president declaring this a national emergency and drawing funding for that in from the executive branch? Well, first of all, I'd hate to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you look at that law, the 1976 National Emergency Act. He probably has the legal authority to declare an emergency, and, and other presidents have done it, but it's primarily been uh, in, for international cases where you're just blocking assets. So this would be a, a much more significant use of those powers. Sure. And then you still have to come up with the funding. So you can declare the emergency, but how do you, you know, what funds do you actually access? Um, another really big problem with declaring a national emergency, it would be immediately challenged in the courts. You know, we've seen how people uh, jurisdiction shop, you know, and so they'll find the Ninth Circuit or, or a very friendly district court judge, slam on an injunction, and this will be tied up in the courts for years, and we'll never get the wall built. That's why I've introduced the, the Shutdown Fairness Act. You know, pay these people. Fund these central parts of government if we can get these bare-bones budgets by the, the, uh, 
appropriation committees. Don't, don't fund the full $270 billion that uh, the Democrats are trying to open up. Maybe you know, we would fund 100 or $125 billion. I, I don't have the exact figure on that, but fund the essential parts of government. Put the pressure on Democrats, because it is true. The Mark Warner and the Tim Kaines of this world, they have all these federal employees out of, out of Virginia. If we come up with a partial funding of the government, pay these people that are actually working right now, that puts the monkey on their back to come to the negotiating table in good faith. And, and by the way, Matt, fund what they have supported for and vo- voted for in the past. It would force them to stop being so hypocritical. The easy solution here is just the $5.7 billion. Last year, the federal government spent $4,100 billion. This year, closer to $4,400 billion. You know, $5.7 billion isn't even a rounding error. Mm. Democrats are one ones playing politics with this. They're being hypocrites. That's the easy solution. But we've we got to put pressure on them. And, and right now, uh, with, with President Trump saying he'd accept the blame for this, uh, with the mainstream media putting the blame right there, there's no pressure on Democrats whatsoever. We need to put pressure on Democrats. It is interesting to me that your colleague in the House and in the uh, Wisconsin delegation, Republican Glenn Grothman, pretty much forwarded or supported, sponsored the similar bill that would pay essential workers who are working at the time. He got all kinds of heat, not just from the left about this, but from their PR agents in the mainstream media. What do you think about that? Well, again, I, I appreciate what uh, a number of Republicans are doing on the House side, but the, the fact is they're in the minority, and unless Nancy Pelosi is willing to act on their bills, they can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, we can do something here in the Senate, which is why I'm trying to lead this effort. Uh, again, basically overnight, we, we've got, I think, seven uh, co-sponsors. I think that number will, will grow quickly. Uh, we, we need a plan B here. Um, the president's asked, asked us to hang with them. Uh, I'm happy to, but a number of my colleagues, is, as TSA lines grow, for example, in Atlanta Airport, uh, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Republicans. We need a, a piece of legislation to offer and be voted on that, again, puts the pressure on, on Democrats, You know, gets this monkey off our back and put it really on, on the backs of Democrats where it should reside and would reside if, if we had support in the mainstream media, which, of course, we don't have. Mm-hmm. Well, we've done the heavy lifting. Let's do what we did uh, right before Christmas. You know, it's the popular segment on MacGyver Newsmakers sweeping the nation, and you were among the first to take part in that. It'll just take a second here, but five fast questions for U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. What's your New Year's resolution, sir, now that we're in the middle of it, and you've, have you kept it so far? Yeah, I, I honestly don't have one. <laughs> okay. Ca- <laughs> Captain or Tennille, or both? God rest uh, Daryl Dragon's soul. Well, I, I like them as a duet. Yeah, muskrat love. You can't beat that. Will we put a man on Mars in Ruth Bader Ginsburg's lifetime, sir? Probably not. Okay, fair enough. How long can you listen to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez before you put on the headphones? I've never listened to her and really don't intend to. Yeah, don't don't blame you much for that. And final question, a little more on the serious side. Do you think this shutdown will end soon? Uh, My guess is probably not, uh, which is why we we do have to offer some some positive piece of legislation to minimize the the harm right now and and just be fair to the people that uh, we are asking to to keep this nation, our homeland, ourselves safe and secure. So it's, it's only fair. 
uh, hopefully my colleagues and, and Leader McConnell will bring this up. Hopefully this House will pass in the Senate and the president will sign it into law. Well, you're always generous with your time, and I know that uh, time is uh, a quickly passing commodity where you are. You've got a lot of stuff to get to. I thank you so much for joining us today on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Have a great day. You too. Senator Ron Johnson, once again from the swamp giving us a little perspective, a little insight in what is happening there. And there is much happening, or on the other side of that, not happening there. We'll see what uh, transpires in the coming hours. Keep it right here. It is MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle reporting.